0: Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. everybody, and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan, your show host and business development manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team behind me at Engage, welcome to this week's bi-weekly Thursday show. Today's topic, brand strategy and why it is the most important tool in your digital marketing toolbox. Our guest expert will be joining us today from Brooklyn, New York, and she will share with us why brand strategy is incredibly important, especially in today's world of digital marketing and the digital era. Don't forget to stay tuned because after my talk with our special guest, I will share with you our Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week. And this week, I'll be sharing with you a link and an article about digital trends in 2021 and beyond. You don't want to miss that. Before we get started, a quick mention that all of this incredible bi-weekly content is brought to you by Engage. Engage is the world's only free forever suite of premium marketing, sales, and support conversational tools. Tools built to help you improve the customer experience. And I think we can all agree in today's competitive marketplace, optimizing the customer experience is what helps your business to stand out. I want to share with you a little bit more about what you'll find at Engage.com. And that is, again, free forever tools to help you optimize your customer experience. Two ways to really optimize your customer experience providing convenience. By engaging with customers where they are, which could be on, you know, your website or perhaps on social media through their mobile phones, you're helping to optimize the customer experience. And we give you tools at engage.com to do just that. Also, building trust is a way to optimize your customer experience At Engage.com, we help give you the tools you need to not only personalize engagement, but also product recommendations. That's important because then it conveys the belief that you understand and care about your customers' needs and interests. And of course, that is the essence of trust. After our show today, make sure you pop over to Engage.com. I'll go ahead and put that up on our screen, so you can screenshot that on your mobile device or if you're watching on a laptop, you can take a picture with your phone. Check out Engage.com after our show. Our tools are free forever. No locks, no upgrades, no fees, and you can dive into optimizing your customer experience. Whether you're a small, mid midsize, or large business, our tools are free for everyone and they're also helpful for everyone. So make sure you check it out after the show. Okay. It is time to get started, and I want to introduce to you my very special guest, joining us all the way from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. It's Vanessa Matthew. That was the worst New York accent. <laughs> Vanessa, uh, I think I've ever tried. I'll leave, I'll leave the accents up to you, and you don't even have one. So.
1: Well, thank you for such a warm welcome. It's an absolute pleasure to be uh, here with you today. It's such an honor.
0: We're so excited. Now, if you don't know who Vanessa Matthew is, You need to. Vanessa Matthew, let's see. Marketing executive, development manager, event planner, brand researcher, and entrepreneur are just a few of the titles that Vanessa has held in her very impressive marketing career. And as an astute brand strategist and data driven marketer, instead of raising the bar, she's helping to raise the profiles for businesses since 2005, small businesses and huge corporations that most of us have heard of. Let's say Pepsi and Company, Dr. Pepper, Snapple, uh, Chase, MasterCard, and UPS, just to name a few. I think I've drank in all of those drinks, Vanessa, and <laughs> i definitely shipped with UPS and charged to both Chase and MasterCard, so you've, you've touched my world. She has also been a senior brand strategist, and her mission is to help businesses strategically brand themselves to, this is a long word, advantageously build deeper mm-hmm. levels of likability and trust. That's what I talked about at the beginning of our show with their audience to help build their business goals. Vanessa, did you write this after reading about what Engage is all about, building trust?
1: It, it must've been, it must've been just fate, you know? The stars
0: aligned. (laughs) That's why you're the perfect guest for our show today. You know, Vanessa is a fountain of brand and marketing knowledge. Her expertise and experience will be with us today as we jump into this idea of brand strategy and why it's the most important tool in our digital marketing toolbox. So great, great introduction. Vanessa, welcome to our
1: show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And um, I just... I just love brand, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. love brand strategy, messaging strategy, and really went down this road from just doing marketing to strategy, um, really because I understood the true impact it would have on companies to not to start with the design aspects of things, but to really Mm -hmm. start with the heart and soul of themselves or what they would like to portray their brand, their business to be to the world.
0: Well, she's already throwing out a tip for our audience saying, hey, don't start with the logo. Don't start with the image. Start with the brand strategy. Now, listen, if you have questions or comments for Vanessa or that, you know, are relevant to today's show, please drop them in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you and engage digital marketing. Ask the experts, didn't engage digital marketing intelligence. Ask the experts is a global show. I'm broadcasting to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Vanessa's joining us from Brooklyn, New York. So please drop us a comment in the comment section and let us know where you're joining us from today. And it looks like we already have a comment. So I'm going to pop that up before we even dive into today, today's conversation. Teodora mm-hmm. says, hello, Marissa. Hello, Vanessa. Greetings from Romania. It's 10 p.m. here, but I'm watching this amazing
1: show. Oh, awesome. Hi. (laughs) Hi.
0: Hi, Teodora. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for participating and interacting with us. This is an interactive show. So the more comments, the more fun we get to have. And this is a chance for you to be right in front of Vanessa, whose background I just shared with you, is so rich in brand development. So think about questions you might have about your business model, about your brand, and leave those in the comment section for us. Mm -hmm. Now, without further ado, I want to get into today's talk and I want to get to know Vanessa a little bit better for, for our audience. But before we do that, I want to give you a look And a quick briefing of what we're going to be talking about today so that you understand what you're going to miss if you don't stick around. So let me share with you that today we're going to be talking about branding. So branding is the perpetual process of identifying and creating and managing the cumulative assets and actions that shape the perception of your company in your customers and your prospective customers' minds. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about what branding is, and, and that's kind of the definition, or not kind of, that is the definition. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. We're also going to be talking about why it's critical to develop a branding strategy, hence why Vanessa is our guest expert. And then we're going to be talking about, and I think this is where Vanessa is going to shine today, we're going to be talking about basically different elements of a branding strategy to build your digital marketing presence. Things like creating your customer persona, right? How does the customer perceive you? Creating that visual identity, which Vanessa already touched on, logo, website design, um, social media content, communication content, then providing quality customer support. That's incredibly important to optimize your customer experience, and of course, monitoring customer perception. Mm-hmm. And you know, in in general, your rece- uh, re- reputation, how the customer is perceiving you. So that is what we're going to get into for today's talk. But before we do this, let's get to know Vanessa a little bit more, Vanessa. Can you tell us a little bit more? And, and I know that you have a very rich history, so I'm going to literally time you. I'm going to give you about a minute <laughs> and a half because I feel like you and I could talk about your past. You've done so much for days, but just a high level, you know, kind of, kind of description of the journey that led you from, you know, beginning in nonprofit to now yeah. working in brand strategy and your niche of really helping people develop websites and things
1: like that. Yes. So I started out in fundraising and development in the nonprofit sector. It was um, something I kind of fell into. I was looking um, online when I first started, uh, first graduated from college, and um, I definitely was interested in marketing, but I hadn't had a marketing degree at that time. But skip forward, did fundraising and development, hit a plateau at one of the companies with regards to fundraising, and went on this quest to figure out why it led me down the path of picking up a book that's called Marketing Management by Kotler and Keller. And in it, at the time, fundraising development was very much of an apprenticeship field. And in the book, it just said, that's intangible marketing, but the root of how you do it all better is through actual brand research, market research. So I went on a quest to find a job in market research, which led me to catch in Public Relations. And now I have combined all the things I've learned over the years to brand strategy. So that's that. That's pretty much it. Something to-
0: and you founded your own company right now, right? VCM yes. Strategies. Tell us just a little bit about what your company does for your clients. And the one question we like to ask every guest that joins us on our show is what is the number one thing that you help your clients in terms of a problem that they come to you with? So tell us a little bit about VCM Strategies and the number one thing that you help your clients solve in terms of a problem.
1: Okay, so VCM Strategies is a brand strategy, and messaging strategy consultancy. And what I do is I help people to leverage the psychological aspects of humankind. So that's the human nature, human behavior, their attitudes, in order to build a personality, to establish a brand position, and really stand out and differentiate themselves in the market and the main thing that many of my clients come to me for is that they just have a brand presence that they're not happy with that they feel is inconsistent that they would just like more cohesiveness across the board and oftentimes it's because they really want to feel seen they want to feel heard they want to be respected they want to be profitable all of the dreams and aspirations that they have they want to see their what they what they put out into the world actually grow and be seen by more people. You know, everybody wants that for themselves as a core desire. So it's just making that possible for the individuals that I work with.
0: It's funny, you said the word profitable and almost every guest who joins us on our show shares that their clients are looking for more leads, more revenue, how to convert, you know, their customers faster. (laughs) You dropped profitable in, even though the problem is, Again, getting themselves out there and being perceived a certain way by different companies and having their brand be basically perceived, right, properly Mm -hmm. and and how to do that. But profitability totally gets thrown in there because ultimately they're doing it to make money and grow their brand, right? Yes,
1: it is very true. And the thing about it is that in the process of wanting to be profitable, it is all about finding your tribe, the individuals who will see you, um, connect with you and really say, aha, I found the person. This is my person that I want to latch myself on to, if you will. And with that will come the profits. As long as you're able to, once you do get new leads, able to close new leads. Because that's another Mm -hmm. aspect of it. If you're like, let's say in a service business, a little different from if you're doing product based, you know, you're a product based company, but Mm -hmm or a physical product-based company. But yeah.
0: Wait, actually, can you say that again? Because our next question was, do you feel like that the issues vary from company to company, depending on their geography or their industry? I actually missed what you said. Did you say it? Do, you do find that things, the need for your clients changes based on their product, or is it kind of across the board very similar?
1: So a marketing product would be a product could be a service or it could be a physical thing. So mm-hmm. Depending on whether or not it is a service or a product, the clients who come, I typically um, work with service-based businesses businesses. as product-based companies. There are different aspects to their businesses that also need to be addressed with regards Mm -hmm. to the brand strategy. If we think about it, the brand strategy is like number two on the line of strategies you should have for your business. So it starts with your business strategy. So if your business strategy includes a lot of aspects of the product side of things then you need to build in a brand strategy that addresses more of that but then you have to think about margins can you are you even able to afford certain things and all of those things have to come into play your pricing is is very important in pricing all your products and if you are a a brick and mortar location is a whole nother story on like the different levels of how you're going to represent your brand across all these facets. So oftentimes what I find with those who have physical products is that they do struggle with toggling between inventory, how they're going to manage their money in that respect, and then putting money and investing it into the brand side of things where knowledge-based entrepreneurs don't really have so much of an overhead if you will, and they have more flexibility to get the, the brand going, if you will.
0: Interesting. That makes a lot of sense, and I never thought about it from that perspective. So if you're just joining us, welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts. I'm your host, Marissa Morgan. Joining us today from Brooklyn, New York, is Vanessa Matthew, and we're just getting ready to dive into brand strategy and why brand strategy is the most important tool in your digital marketing toolbox We've learned that Vanessa, this is interesting. So, gosh, I already you're sharing so much that I'm like, I feel like I need to take notes, but I can <laughs> go back and watch this show replay. So I'm good. Um, you know what? Let me share. Joining us from North Carolina before we keep going here on our conversation is Brandon. He wanted to say hello and he's looking forward to an amazing show. So Brandon, hi thank Brandon you so much. Hello, Brandon. And I see a question from Teodora. Teodora, we're going to get into your question in just a moment. So just hang tight. We'll pop your question up in just a moment. Let's dive in right now then to our first kind of overall question about branding, Vanessa. Mm -hmm. In your experience working with different clients, whether it's a retail client who has a product or as you mentioned, you work with a lot of consultants and coaches. What is branding in terms of the main things that we need to think about?
1: Well, brand is actually the tool and then branding is the actions behind it. So if you're thinking about in terms of the brand, it is really the gut feeling that an individual will have if they think, if they see, if they, anything that makes an engagement, a touch point, any of those things, if they do, what will their response be? I equate this to, if you're dating somebody and you see them or you hear their name and what's the feeling that you get from it, it could be negative, Ah. it could be positive, but that person, whatever that feeling is, is that person's brand. So that's how you have to think about for your business, you're building out and rounding out the type of person, the who Mm -hmm. in that brand. And so, and then the branding is how do you get that out to everybody and make yourself seen?
0: I really like that analogy. It's like the feeling you get when you're dating somebody, like the way that person makes you feel, how you perceive them. Because the definition of branding that I shared earlier is it's all the different It's the process, right? And it's the cumulative assets that you create and the actions you take, right? Yes. To get your company out there. And then ultimately, it's the perception that you leave a customer with in in their mind of your company. And I think the analogy you just shared of, you know, dating somebody.
1: It's all the actions that they're doing. It's all the things that they're doing to build their perception, and they're cumulative assets,
0: if you know. Yes. What I, mean. okay. <laughs> I love this. I love. it. We should have another to- show. I'm going to tell my boss called "Engage Girl Talk," and we can just uh, <laughs> talk about how technology changes the dating world. That could. Be I fun. tell you, <laughs> digital, yes. digital dating, Steve. If you're listening, digital dating. That's going to be our next podcast <laughs> or our next live stream. But um, this is interesting because we had a guest on earlier this week who said the same thing, um, differently, but but. Um, uh, excuse me, he shared that digital marketing is like house or not digital marketing, excuse me, branding is, is like what people say about you when you're not in the room, right? Like you're always late or something like that. You know, your brand becomes that of somebody who's always late and you get branded as the late girl, you know, it's almost, yeah. So this is very interesting. I like your analogy. Well, let's talk then about why it's so critical, to develop a branding strategy, why, especially in this world of digital marketing, is it so important to develop a, a brand strategy?
1: Yeah, and the importance of it is that you have to be clear about who you are. <laughs> <laughs> simple answer. That's so true. You have to be clear about <laughs> like, wait, who you is are, Is that a question
0: or a statement?
1: Well, uh, we, we. I mean, so it, interesting. Yeah. Interestingly, this goes down the the lane of psychology. And I think anyone who's ever been in therapy, because therapy's big these days, will definitely understand like authenticity, um, expressing who you are. And essentially the brand strategy is the way you planned to build your brand as a person, although it is not an actual person because people connect with people, they don't connect with things. So if you ever find yourself like looking at looks like Apple, Amazon. You're like, I love Apple, or I love Samsung. Or, I love. You have just placed a human, a feeling to something, not realizing that's what's working on you right now is actually a brand strategy. It's the persona, it's the um, anthropomorphism that's being displayed that you're responding to. And so the key is to know who you are, why you're you exist, and who you're targeting.
0: Wow. That is so interesting. You just brought up that some people will literally, literally, I'm trying to think of the word, um, gosh, I'm like at a loss for words, but they will communicate that they love a brand like Apple, right? Let's just say, and you're saying, you're right, they're putting an emotion, they're attaching an emotion to the brand. And of course, that was the goal all along in the branding strategy from Apple, making products that we cannot live without, that we literally, <laughs> um, I love my Apple phone. Why? You don't love the phone. You love that the phone connects you to your family. Yes. You love that the phone allows you to text. You love that the phone can be personalized with your photo on, on the, on the screen. So yes. that was all built into their branding strategy from day one for us to fall in love with their devices.
1: Not just that, that the personality often tied with Apple is a create, it's called the creator brand mm-hmm. archetype. And mm-hmm. with that archetype, it is to facilitate the, the what people want or their desires. So it is their desire to create and therefore Apple's position to be the person or the company to help them to create. So it's always that there's like two sides of the coin with brand strategy. Let's say you are a caregiver. You, The person is looking for someone to show them or be able to allow them to care, but the caregiver is in the place of allowing them and facilitating them being able to care. So a lot with like nonprofits, you find that they're in a caring position, but the people who they attract are wanting to care. And so they are attracted to the caring nature of that organization.
0: Hmm, interesting. Very so it's
1: all about the facilitation of like being able is helping people is helping people be a hero in the story. Interesting.
0: Let's dive into Teodora's question. And as the brand strategy marketing expert, I'm actually going to lean on you because I'm not sure I know what PPC means. But Teodora's question is in a world dominated by PPC approach, Mm -hmm. it is a real struggle to build brands. How do you balance efforts to sell with long term brand building?
1: So she's, yes, yes, she's talking about pay per click. So, and pay-per-click oh, approach. what look what I learned today. Okay, pay-per-click. <laughs> so she's asking, it's a real struggle. So with pay-per-click, even if you're doing pay-per-click, you have to, if you have your brand strategy in place and to build your brand, if you have the, so the brand strategy essentially um, builds out as you go through the process, will build out the look, the feel, the logos, the colors, the typography. Um... The voice, the tone of the voice, all of the things that you ever see a brand uh, show up and present to you is part of what you get is the byproduct of the brand strategy. That's what ends up being created. So when you put yourself out there, even through pay-per-click, if you have the brand strategy in place and all of your creative and content has been driven by the brand strategy, it is still all opportunities to build your brand, even if it's pay-per-click.
0: You're a smart woman. I'm just
1: listening. I'm fall in.
0: So, okay. So, but so, wait a minute. So you're saying, okay, wait. I want to make sure I've got this right. So her question is, how do you balance the efforts to sell with long-term brand building? Are you saying that essentially, when you dive into, let's say, a pay-per-click strategy, you are building your brand because you are getting out your message, your colors, you are. Sending, you've already done the research. So you're sending it to your target demographic. Yes. So in, oh, interesting.
1: So you're saying the two go hand in hand.
0: Oh, they go hand in
1: hand. Like, so it goes brand strategy, Mm -hmm. sorry, business strategy, brand strategy, then marketing strategy. And then all the strategies underneath is almost like a little filter. Like it starts here and everything else comes from it. So if you have the part of people, Pay-per-click is a strategy, but it's part of, it can be rolled up into a marketing strategy. Marketing
0: strategy, right.
1: And so therefore, all, they all should be connected. They all should be speaking almost to each other if you do it the right way.
0: Okay. Now she says, thank you so much. Very interesting approach. And then she said, this is great. And thank you so much for your question today, Teodora. She says, by efforts, I mean mostly resources like budget and manpower. So- Interesting. But, but so what you're saying also to take it right back is efforts in terms of, well, if you're paying, you know, for a pay per click campaign as part of your marketing campaign, if you've done your work to develop your business strategy and then your brand strategy, your marketing strategy is going to hit a home run because... You're going to be paying to get that out to your target demographic. And then you've already created this amazing brand strategy. So you're getting out your logo, your message, all these things that you've already done.
1: Yeah. So, you actually save money.
0: Resources? Yeah. It's a good yeah. use of resources.
1: Yeah. So it helps to optimize your resources, to be honest, because otherwise you end up with, which is what number of people will do, which is go with their gut. I feel Like these colors make me happy. And so I'm going to run with it. I feel like this creative is great. So I'm going to run with that. I feel like the messaging, all of its feelings, but it's not backed up by any type of research. And that's the part that it needs to be backed up by in Mm -hmm. order for you not to waste effort and waste money putting out things. Now, it's not to say you don't test. Yes, you want to test. If you put it out there, who who will you get back? always interesting. But the key is starting somewhere and knowing like, okay, I have a benchmark at least to say, I started with this particular archetype and this particular structure to my company when it came to the brand strategy. If it doesn't work, at least I know that didn't work and that I can try something else and be strategic about that approach and not just do it haphazardly.
0: I like that you brought that up, that you do have to do the research and you do have to do, and we talked about this right before our show today, testing to know what works, right? Mm -hmm. I've been playing around on my LinkedIn as I promote our weekly show with different posts to see which posts are getting the most views, which posts are getting the most likes. And as we all know, those are not those... Views is one thing, likes is something else. I try not to get caught up in the vanity of the likes or the comments, but <laughs> you know, because yeah. that is everything. Someone may see the post and say, Oh, I'm absolutely tuning in for this show or can't watch the live show. I'll listen to the replay at engage, you know, our engage LinkedIn page or on Facebook. So I don't worry about the vanity metrics as much as I worry about the views. Yes. Which posts are people stopping and looking at? Yes. Right. And and that's something that is an evolving process, and it's almost like this experiment that I'm running. So, I think it's interesting you said the research piece has to be there, especially in the marketing strategy. Yes, because you have to obviously figure out your target demographic. Maybe going on a feeling isn't right, maybe your feeling is wrong. You really have to narrow in and figure that out. Yeah. So. Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Teodora, again, for your question. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for tuning in all the way from Romania. Love that. Global global show, man. It's pretty cool that we can touch people from across (laughs) the globe and we we can be sitting in our respective living rooms right
1: now. Yes. And what I would also like to say is that when it comes to, like what you're saying about having the posts and everything like that, the brand strategy helps to build the guidelines of these things. So that you don't, for example, if you need to hire a graphic designer or hire a writer, this, the brand strategy results in something we call a uh, brand guidelines. And it gives the person, whoever you're trying to work with, um, some type of framework, some type of thing that you can hold yourself to, hold them to, but they will then know what is expected of them. And oftentimes a lot of um, individuals who have businesses will hire individuals and give them no direction besides make it pretty. And then they wonder why there seems to be like a disconnect or they're unhappy with what was produced, not realizing that they didn't have any guidelines in place to begin with. If you don't give a person the brand strategy, because that's what happens. You create a brand strategy and you share it. (laughs) Because you want Mm -hmm. other people to use it Mm -hmm. and you let them know what the framework is. But the strategy and the personalities, for example, personalities, they're all in us. Like psychologically speaking, we embody about 12 different personalities based off of research. It all just depends on where you are mentally, what situations are, which one presents themselves first, which one comes to the forefront. And that could be throughout your life. It could be situational. Mm -hmm. But the key is just to tap into which one of them do you want to tap into? Which one of them do you want to say, I know that's in you. I want that part Mm -hmm. to come to the forefront. And I want her to step forward or him to step forward and join me. Because we're alike in this respect. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I like when you talk about psychology because it brings me back to studying acting a long time ago. (laughs) And my teacher talked about these different sub personalities that we have now marketing and business strategists know this. So when they create brands or they create advertising and marketing campaigns, they know who they're reaching out to and what part of ourselves they're, they're trying to grab and tap into. Mm -hmm. And And I'm just, the. Example that kind of pops into my head is maybe a perfume ad, right? With one of those very famous actresses, yes, she's <laughs> in diamonds. She's in a ball gown. She's literally she's jumping in the water for no house. reason.
1: She's floating. Yeah.
0: And she turned uh, into a
1: mermaid. <laughs>
0: well, and I can't think of the exact names that I've been taught of these different sub personalities, but right away that that takes me into my feminine yes. sub personality to be wanted by the masculine energy and lover. To be like the lover. You know, so and the perfume is just I'm like, I need that perfume because that's going to help me attract the the masculine, um, you know, bravado energy of the the mate that I want. And so companies know this. So I think it's interesting when you just touch. Girl, we're going to have to have a whole conversation about
1: this (laughs) another time. That is the whole brand strategy purpose, though. Yeah, that is it. It's like and they're tapping into the lover in you. The lover, Which is a song as well. The lover and you. <laughs> okay,
0: so this is great. Um, Such a great takeaway here too that you continue to bring up throughout our talk today is it's the companies who get very clear, right? Yes. And clearly communicate uh, their brand in a way that makes people care. Those yeah. are the companies that are going to move ahead with a competitive edge. Those are the companies like Apple who have people saying, I love Apple, right. Or whatever example is out there. So in order to succeed, especially in a digital marketing world where people have so many choices, you have to be clear on your brand. You have to be clear in your brand strategy. And then your marketing strategy also has to tie in, in order to get people to take notice and for people to care about your message.
1: Yeah. And it gets translated through to your website. It gets translated through to your social media posts. Okay. Like all of those things end up, once you have the strategy, you're able to then say, okay, d- does my website reflect this? This now, which if I have the personality and I have the messaging, does my website reflect this? Does Do my social media posts reflect this? And then you can say yay or nay. You can judge it for yourself at that point.
0: You almost at that point have your own checklist as you go down. Well, I want to pop up on the screen for our viewers at home, uh, kind of the outline of our talk today. And you just touched on, Vanessa, exactly what we're going to get into right now, which is the elements of a branding strategy. So we have creating your ideal customer presence, identifying of your competition, Creation of visual identity, your logo, your website design, content, social media content, communication content, and then providing quality customer support and monitoring your customer perception or your reputation. So, let's talk a little bit first about basically creating your ideal customer persona or identifying your competition. Um, Those are things that are interesting. Persona is, you know, obviously how you're perceived. Right. Yes. My customers. I,
1: I would say that right now, a lot of marketers, especially and especially brand strategists, we're like, let's throw this out the window for a little bit, because right now it is because of the understanding that there are these 12 personality types in us. That means everyone has them, which means you just need to be clear about who you are, and who you want to attract in order to attract your tribe. So from that perspective of like, who will I attract? Will they like me? Someone's going to like you (laughs) because someone out there is like you. Then when it comes to your messaging, however, is really where that research comes in the brand research so that you can understand, for example, let's say generationally speaking, you have Mm -hmm. like Xennials, millennials, Gen X, all of those.
0: Xennials, did you just say? I did. What is a zennial? (laughs) I must know. (laughs)
1: Xennials are like supposed to be like the generation that's in between the Gen X and Millennials. They're called the Lost Generation because because they're not really recognized so much. But they're individuals that's born between like 1977 and 1983. And millennial. yeah, you are. I am. <laughs> so oh I'm, I'm lost. Okay, Oh jeez, we didn't so get any experienced cred. Experienced not having tech. And you've experienced having tech. You tend to be more nostalgic about those things. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of research out Learning there. so people, much. OK. You know, when people say, where do I start with brand research? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I'm trying to target these individuals. Generational research is plenty. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have to start somewhere, start there. But just like I say with, to everyone else, even when it comes to marketing, be very clear about the age groups that you're looking at they come in ranges. They're not 18 to 57. They are like 18 to 24, 24 to 34, 35 to 44. And each of those are generations. And therefore, if you pick one, you can then focus research on, well, how should I possibly speak to these individuals? And best believe there are a lot of data out there for it.
0: That's a great tip. So when it comes to building your brand strategy, which then translates down or trickles down to your marketing strategy, a really simple and easy approach is starting with generational research and really getting clear on your target age demographic. That's a great way to help make sure that your brand is touching the people that you think or feel or are learning, your brand should be touching. So that's a great tip. Yeah. One thing I want to get into, and I feel like this is really your niche and something that you can lend a lot of insights on, and that is the creation of your visual identity. Because this is something you help a lot of your clients with, and that is the logo, the web design, the social media content, and the communication content piece. Yes. What would you like to share with us about the journey to getting into that is there something we should be doing first, yes it all together. How to, give <laughs> us a give us a quick cliff notes lesson and how
1: to approach that. So first we have to understand that the brand identity is just your logo, your fonts, the things that people see, but like the elements, they're the elements to what people see, your assets and elemental assets, the website design, the social media posts, the content, the ads are brand expressions. And so that's how you're going to express your brand to the world. Okay, wait a minute,
0: wait, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second, because I got lost in a great comment that I was reading, who's just, I want to throw that up there actually. Yes. I I don't want you to repeat what you just said, because it's really a good way for us to understand. But um, Clyde just joined in and he said, greetings from Amsterdam. We call him one of our original engagers because he's been tuning in for every show. So Clyde, hello to you and thank you for tuning in. He just said, I got a better understanding of brand strategy. I will put more effort into the research of my market and communicate the correct message. You communicate this so clearly. Huh, how about that? The, the brand <laughs> strategist communicates clearly, Clyde. <laughs> Not surprised. And he says, thank you so much, Vanessa.
1: You're welcome,
0: Clyde. I really appreciate that. Awesome comment. And thanks again for tuning in this week, Clyde. We appreciate you. Okay, sorry. So what you said was really good. And in case people are just now joining us on LinkedIn Live, can you just start again with what the logo is, the font, and then you moved on to the next part. So go ahead and start that
1: over. No problem. So the logo, your fonts, the topography, color schemes, things like that, all part of the identity. They're your assets. They're what people, if they just... You know, see your name, that's your name of your company, is also another asset of identity. Okay. Then the website, the social media, the ads, all those things are brand expressions. It's how you're gonna express that brand. Okay. And what's interesting is that let's say, like your website, especially, is almost like it's a roll of everything that you've worked on. So your your messaging strategy, your brand strategy. Actually, all informs your website above all else. It's like the pinnacle of all of it. It's your your grand expression, if you will, of your strategy. So, it has everything.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, in the past, let's talk about this real quick, or let me just chime in. In the past, before the digital (laughs) marketing era, us Zennials, the, the grand epitome of all the branding and and the identity and the expression used to be in a brick-and-mortar store. Yes. Right? Or, yes. you know, the Mall of America where every brand had its, oh, come to my yes. store. Yeah. now, thanks to the digital era and everything really transforming and changing, now we're seeing this grand poomba yeah. moment on websites, but also now through social media, some companies, Aren't even putting as much effort into their website. Yeah. They're putting their money and their their money and their time and their research and efforts into strictly advertising and keeping I still the website. Say be, it's
1: important know. to have the website because I always ask this: Can if you go to anybody's social media, can you truly fully understand what they're about by looking? Let's say at an Instagram uh page. No, <laughs> not without reading every comment in between. And that is something that although we may know a company for something, unless we're following them that closely, we are going to need a place where we can see everything at one time so that we can digest it all. We can get a full picture of the company. We can read about them, get to understand their values, because that's something that's like it's so um, sporadic and so you know, patchwork together Mm -hmm. when it comes to social. Mm -hmm. So you like trying your best to convey it, but really to get that real understanding, they need to either go to the store or they need to go to the website, they're going to go back, (laughs) they're gonna go back to the hub.
0: You just touched on something too, from our perspective at Engage, that is why it's so important that you optimize the customer's experience. And that especially is important when a customer is visiting your website. Let's just say your website is your Grand Pumbaa, whatever they say, that Grand poomba, Is that Grand poomba? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let's say that's your hub, as Vanessa said. We'll keep it simple. I just liked how that sounded, Grand Pumbaa or whatever.
1: It's Grand Pumbaa. Yeah. Pumbaa.
0: See, all of a sudden it's not <laughs> sounding right. Maybe because it's not a technological
1: term. And it's not. It's it a term like. from our time. <laughs>
0: we know. We know. So let's just say the website is your hub and you have so much information on your website and it's wonderfully displayed. If you don't have, for instance, a chat box, right? A chat feature on your website where people can either ask questions or leave their contact information, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to get leads, to have the opportunity to do research, right? I mean, if you find that every single person visiting your website is from a certain geography or a certain age range. How great is that information when it comes to marketing, right? So it's really important, I think, that you consider tools like the ones at Engage.com. If you have any sort of a digital footprint and if especially your website is the hub of a lot of your business, whether you're a coach, consultant, or you have something in the world of e-commerce, a product or a service. So- You're right. You're right. The website really is a big deal, especially in today's world. But it's not a big deal if you just throw a bunch of stuff up there and don't put the effort into the branding and the marketing process or the business
1: strategy and and the brand strategy. And especially, especially when it comes to websites, the messaging. Okay. because oftentimes you'll find uh, companies who the message will be very focused on them when really this whole process is about someone else. It's not about us. And oftentimes I have to tell clients, yeah, you may love that color, but do they love your color? Does it? What does it mean for them? And a lot of times when it even comes to color schemes alone, like that's a big topic for a lot of individuals. It's like people don't think about how connected we are to colors through our childhood experiences.
0: We are, we are, and I have an example if you don't mind me sharing. Um, And if there's any examples you can think of, we'd love to hear some examples as we go along here. I could talk to you all day. You're so much fun. Um, There's a shopping network that um, I know of, and they rebranded and they chose two very specific colors to be part of their brand, and it was because one of their products that they carried that was their main colors, and. They rebranded in these two colors and they found over time, comments were coming in. Customers had opinions about these specific two colors. And they ultimately ended up completely changing their color scheme and went from specifically these two colors because of this product. They thought it would really, the product sold well. So they thought it would translate to mean sales for the whole network yeah and in, in, in actuality, we found out these colors were very jarring for people visually. They yeah. were very intense. And now the shopping network uses not only completely different colors, but now they change their colors depending on what they're selling for the day. So the logo always <laughs> stays the same, but they have fun really almost matching the colors to the feeling of the day. So yeah. that the look and the color scheme on the Home Shopping Network, not the Home Shopping Network, but a Shopping Network screen on your television, it's always jiving. You don't have this big logo in the corner that's like bright orange, when you're <laughs> beautifully, you know, light blue and um, purple, you yeah. know, Easter decorations and cookies and things. You don't have this like weird orange, like thing that's like jarring at you. Yeah. All you know their logo vibes. So it's always a pleasant visual experience. I'm like, yeah. that's incredible. So that's just one example of how I think we can tie into what you're saying about something oh. as simple as color when it comes yeah. to branding.
1: Like, for example, there's like, there's an archetype and the personality behind is the hero. And like individuals often don't notice that it, the hero brands tend to use hero colors. But from our childhood, they're superheroes. So if you want to pull up, let's say, um, just type of superheroes. And you have like your Superman. your Man.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking about Pepsi Colas, like blue and red. So I just need a little cape on the little soda bottle and I'm like drawn to it because I used to love Batman and he was like that color blue. Oh, look at what you're showing us.
1: So yeah, all the holidays. Disney princesses and how they filter into like our baby type brands, our brands about caring and mothering and things like that. You'll find mm-hmm. those pinks. You'll find those blues. You'll find the yellows. You'll find sprinkles. white, sprinkles, ah. wholesome brands. You find some greens. um, Anything that's like Explorer, you'll find things that relate to the woods and outdoors. So you'll find your browns and your greens and all those other colors. But also if you think of like a sage and you're like what's that about? And you find like those cool colors and Barnes and Noble's everything about it trees. You find all those they all the
0: trees with all the books <laughs> all the like books. no we're really growing your mind and they also have calm colors cuz they want you to stay in the store oh, and yes. read and buy a coffee for $9. You no know, or even like use coca
1: Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola um yeah. with the red is an impulse color. Mm-hmm. Is a, po- a a color of impulsiveness so you find it with macy's target all of these oh. stores where you are uh, you're you're meant to have like an impulse to buy more to do oh. <laughs> to actually act
0: I, so, that is right. why i always spend 200 dollars at target even when i'm just going for like lettuce and some detergent yeah dollars because i'm impulsively like Target, like the target is like boom 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 i need this i need this
1: <gasps> and the thing about it is that with the brand strategy what you want to do is have a what they call a Um, a brand archetypal mix. So you have like 70% one, uh, 30% another in order for you to get that impulse feeling. But then from Target, it's it's considered an every man archetype. And so it makes you feel like everyone's welcome. So if you ever look at a Target commercial, you notice how everyone is present, but then like no one is present at the same time because everyone's kind of equal. That is all part of brand strategy to have that feeling of inclusivity and belonging and And that everyone's belongs.
0: Yeah. And it's changed a lot. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. it's, It's changed a lot too, just with the, the nature of our, our world right now, there's been so many different things to happen in the last year, since the pandemic, especially. And as someone who comes from a TV background, I even see that the casting process is very different for brands. And in some regards, it makes sense, right? We need to be all inclusive. And and most brands are, right? But in some regards, it's also like, well, wait a minute. Are we trying too hard at this point? You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, let's be real in a sense. Um, And Everybody's Everybody's really trying to like do it right, you know? And you got to give them credit for that because it it, it does matter,
1: you know? And the thing is, they are, yeah. but some some brands are very include, like about everything, like being everything, everybody. But then a part of marketing is also exclusion, inclusion through exclusion. So
0: so through exclusion.
1: Yes, so oh. you're trying to narrow the scope of people so that they feel included because you're not trying to target everybody. And so in order for like let's say people who are like Harley Davidson. And they're very much like biker types. It's in a way, excluding people who are not those individuals, but mm-hmm. making the people who do resonate with them feel included. <laughs> so that's how, like you know, my father's watching right now because he is such
0: a Harley man. I'm telling you, the show is fate. Um, he's at home going, yeah, that's my girl. She's talking about Harley. Yeah, I like that <laughs> Vanessa girl. You no, know, I get what you're saying. It makes sense. This all makes so so much sense. Speaking of inclusion, <laughs> I always pop up every comment. Achochi, our good friend from Nigeria, is watching today. Thank you so much. Achochi and Clyde. And I feel like Teodora is joining that team now, original engagers. So appreciate it. You guys have been tuning in for so many of our bi-weekly shows. Thank you so much for watching and joining us for our talk today. If you have a question for Vanessa, Achochi or Clyde, feel free to leave it in the comment section. We've got about five more minutes to chat and then uh and then I'll leave Vanessa to her Brooklyn life.
1: But, okay, so what I do want to touch on that I know is part of, um, yes, oh, creating and tribes, and yes. yes. Achyoshi yes. says
0: inclusion through exclusion, creating tribes. And I know Chochi's just joined us, but Vanessa was talking about that earlier at the top of the show, how it's really important to figure out who your tribe is, who you resonate with. And that all stems back to just under business strategy is your brand strategy and then your marketing strategy.
1: And then so. when we talk about, like, experiences... Mm-hmm. then it helps to facilitate the experience along the way because the more thoughtful you are about knowing your customer or otherwise consumer the the more you can build an experience for them that makes them feel good and so if there's consistency first of all consistency across your brand through the messaging through the colors through the tone of everything that you're doing helps to build trust for example if you are you have a friend and they're super inconsistent, you're not going to trust them. <laughs> so just like a brand, if you have inconsistent messages throughout every touch point, there's a, there's, uh, you decide, okay, I like, my colors are these, but I'm going to go veer off and do something else. Mm-hmm. People are then gonna question it on a psychological level of whether or not you are consistent, therefore Beautiful. trustworthy, and whether or not to yeah. like you.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that we talk about with Engage and the tools that we offer on our platform is the importance of this consistent message, consistent communication across all your platforms. Yes. The importance of having one inbox, right, so that your website messages come to that inbox, your Facebook messages come to your one inbox, your email comes to your one inbox. And by doing that, not only are you streamlining communication, but now if you Your agents, let's just say you have chat agents and customer agents, right, who help your customers. If they can see, oh, Marissa wrote to me through Facebook asking this question, but I see Marissa also emailed us uh, a similar question, not quite the same, but similar, that agent can make sure that no matter where they're responding to Marissa, that message or who, whatever agent is responding, maybe a different message is you know, handled by a different agent, but you can just make sure your messaging is the same and very consistent across all your platforms. You can't tell Marissa, oh yeah, you can buy those on our website for $29.99 if she messages you on Facebook. And then another agent's like, oh, I think those are $49.99. And she's answering email like, it's very important to have tools to optimize your customer experience, make sure your message is the same across all your platforms. Mm-hmm. And that's how Engage can help you with your business model and your marketing strategy. So
1: yeah, incredible. Yes, yes. and even with a messaging strategy, it's very important to um, speak to the benefits. And I actually have something I find that people are uh, struggle with. Mm-hmm. And there's like a very rudimentary feeling exercise for that of just asking yourself, why? Or which means that for the person. And I've done this exercise a number of times with indivi- individuals. And it's all about what is the job that that person is trying to get done. So your business is in, a, is in the business of helping people solve a problem. But well, what is it? And to get to the benefits and down to the emotional benefits, you really have to ask yourself, well, let's say if they want to buy a duck, ducky, the real rubber ducky. Well, why do they want that? Oh, because I like to play with rubber ducky in the tub. It's like my favorite friend, which means what for you? And you keep asking that question and best believe by the time you're done, you're going to sit back and say, oh my God, there are more benefits on a more emotional, a psychological level for that person beyond them just wanting the yellow duck.
0: Absolutely. And that ties into so many things, Vanessa, my, my background in TV home shopping, we were always taught not only features and benefits, right. Which you need to do that anytime you're selling yourself or your service or a product, but it is, it's asking the why's what's so good about that. Hey, this, this scooter has, you know, a whole lighting package, which is great because <laughs> when you walk your dog at night on your little electric scooter, you can light the path for your dog and yeah. it's safe and you can see where you're going. they will <laughs> see you. And, you know, it's all about really diving into not only the features and the benefits of what you're selling, but why that is so important to the person who's buying it.
1: And, and the, you the off your out. example at the end of the day is to keep your dog safe. Because he's your companion, or, or she's your companion and friend, and you don't know what you would do without her. Like, and therefore, that's honestly the reason why you need and to buy. The that's scooter. emotional,
0: right? And that ties into the emotional, caring, yeah, um, persona of the person who's buying that scooter. Now, the scooter may be for them because they have mobility issues. Let's say it's a mobility scooter, but deep down, they're like, "No, I'm buying this." For for my dog so i can go with my dog on more walks and be safe and then they justify okay i'll spend two thousand dollars for that scooter because it's going to make my dog's life better yeah. why do you think i'm putting a fence up in my backyard right and i justify this six thousand dollar fence <laughs> because i don't want my dog to run away it's not because marissa wants privacy it's not because it, it'll keep my you know block my view from the road it's because i'm a caring dog mom and yep. I, you know so it's like i justify certain things Not because I want privacy, which is what the fence company might just assume. So you also have to think about the psychology of the person buying. We are getting so many great comments now. They're literally flying in. Vanessa, I swear you're so much fun to talk to. I could talk to you all day. Marcelo joins us and he said, Oh, and he has a question. Okay. Actually, before we get to his question, I have a couple comments first. Um, So, Achochi just wanted to say, I'm loving this conversation. You know, I'm a student of brand management at the University of London via uh, Coursera. He'd love to connect with you, Vanessa, and learn more about you and share ideas. So,
1: of course. Achochi, Definitely can find me on, me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn.
0: <laughs> and Achochi will share in just a few minutes Vanessa's information for LinkedIn as well. So, all right, two questions one from Marcelo and one from Clyde. So, Marcelo has the question. He says, Vanessa, what are the major challenges for a brand strategy in the world with consumer profiles that are increasingly ultra fragmented? I'm not sure what you mean, Marcelo, by fragmented. Yeah. Maybe Vanessa, you know, if not, we can come back to this. If Marcelo, you want to maybe um, explain a little bit more.
1: I'm thinking this may touch upon, like, the fragmentation of how you reach the consumer and also about um, the fact that we are multifaceted in many ways. Like I said, we have, like, 12 different personalities that are inside of us. But the the key challenge is... Oh, I know.
0: Sorry to interrupt you, but I think maybe that is what he means. So many people now are wearing many hats. Maybe, Marcelo, please chime in. Let us know. Like you said, we have different personalities... Like, for instance, you know, some people are, I I do acting and TV work, and I also do hosting and business development with Engage. So there are two parts to my career, and maybe that's what he's thinking. You know, a lot of people are doing many things right now.
1: Yeah. And with that being said, like, again, it's about tapping into that one piece or two pieces of the person. So that's key also about brand strategy is that you don't pick all 12. You can't. (laughs) You can't because people actually can't consume that many. Different personalities, although we we are all of those things, and we as people will push those out as a brand. You have to stay focused, focus, focus, focus. So you're gonna pick one to two to focus on. One is actually gonna be the this is gonna be a secondary one that's influencing and creating differentiation for you in the strategies, like whatever strategy you create. But um, yeah, that's the best way to tackle that one. Is like you just have to focus on what are you trying to present to the world and not just what you're trying to present, but who are you trying to attract and be clear about that. And through research is how you can get clear on like, who do you want to attract at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you're like, let's say a person who is an accountant or something like that, who do you want to work with? What type of personality do you want to work with?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, people work with people they like. So in, in, And, you know, that ties right into brands. People buy and are loyal to brands that they like and brands that they feel understand them. Again, this all goes back to optimizing the customer experience, right? When a brand takes time to obviously build their business strategy and then ultimately their brand and marketing strategy, they are figuring out who is my target demographic? Where are they? right are they on mobile apps are they on social media are they on my website are they going out to brick and mortar stores some some people still are right yep um i know somebody in my neighborhood who's never purchased anything online can you believe it it's 2021 wow. she still always goes to the mall or to the stores she um,
1: must
0: and, be in our generation. <laughs> the first time she purchased something online was during the pandemic, pandemic, pandemia, some people say, yes. and that was because she literally could not go to a store. So she was forced. So um, mm-hmm. this is also interesting. Such a good talk. Uh, yes. We are running out of time, but I have a oh. few other questions for you and Marcelo, thank you so much for your question. And certainly if we did not fully dive into you know, the answer you were hoping for at the end of the show, I'll share Vanessa's contact information. So I'll encourage you to hit Vanessa up. And if you need to explain your, your question stance a little bit more for her to help you, I know she'd be welcome to helping you in a conversation off of our show as well. So yay. Okay. This is a good question from Clyde. Um, He wants to know, I have two different companies with connecting names is it wise to brand these two companies together, maybe under one umbrella company and and move forward with branding them connected? Or should he use different strategies for each company?
1: That's a good question, Clyde. Yes, that's talking about brand architecture so and hierarchy within brands. And that has a lot to do with what are those two companies doing? So if they are definitely... Like not similar at all; they are completely different. Mm-hmm. That comes into question a number of different things, which is not only um, whether or not you brand them separately or put them together, but then also what type of messaging will you have behind it. Things like that, like it, it will come into question: How are you trying to tie these two brands together? Because, for example, we have companies like Kellogg. Oh, better yet, P&G. We know PNG globally as a bigger company. They have multiple different brands. However, they've decided that they're not going to make it known really. People know, but it's like a little, you know, logo on the back of things, all of the different products that they have. And so they have different brands for each and every single product line they seem to have. Mm-hmm. That's a strategy, a brand strategy to either do that or let's say Kellogg's gets Cliff Bar, but Clif Bar already has, like, let's say they uh, one acquired the other. There comes the question, should put, Kellogg's put their name on it? Should Kellogg's not put their name on it? Should they put both of those names together? All about the equity of the brand that exists already. So if mm-hmm. one brand has a certain amount of equity already, meaning like people, a brand awareness, people know of it and everything like that. And it's synonymous, like they literally are in their own little space and adding on or taking away from it would either cannibalize that brand or not, all comes into question. But you have to understand, like the true dynamics around each company first, and whether or not are you even at the stage where people care.
0: <laughs> you know, like yeah. all those things. That was a really good example because Vanessa, right away, I think, okay, when I go to Target and I go down the cereal aisle, I'm not like. I'm going to buy some Procter and Gamble today. Right? <laughs> I just go for the the cereal, the specific cereal I want and I don't even know who owns yes. what cereal.
1: For so example, another one's like Mondelēz. People don't go out to buy Mondelēz but they go buy Oreos. Owned what's by mandalas, not, mandalas. <laughs> well, There you go. is a company that, 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 that owns Oreos, Miller
0: Wafers, all of those different things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't buy no mandalas so I'll buy the Oreos though.
1: <laughs> you buy the Oreos. And okay, they, this mandalas, is good though. They purposely do so. They purposely yeah. separate themselves so that you actually don't come complaining to them about ah, Oreos.
0: I know you're writing <laughs> to Oreo.com to be like, my double stuff had no stuffing in it. What was up with this package, right? And yeah segregate things too so if there's a problem with one brand
1: it doesn't affect the others
0: okay this is good good. so oh I hear myself all of a sudden that's weird I heard myself echoing maybe at your house okay Clyde did want to throw in a little added information to his question so he has a business management company and a recruitment agency hmm I kind of feel, feel like it's like, not like he has a business management company and then a soda company. I yeah. feel like he probably mm-hmm. could tie those businesses together yeah. as a, like a services. Yes. Clyde ATN, I love that. That's French. Clyde ATN, so, you know, business services. He manages businesses and he does recruiting <clears throat> for
1: businesses. Yeah, because they fall underneath the same thing. But like you said, isn't so separate. Where just like mouthwash versus a car, like. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, not trying to put those two together they're going because someone asked me that before they're just like i am a hairdresser but i also bake cakes should i put those two together no you shouldn't because right. the desire underneath it all is completely different you have and, people
0: yeah and think about <laughs> psychology i don't really want some rogue hairs falling in my cake the, that's right? my
1: her. Okay. Seriously.
0: I have we have to wrap the show, but there's one thing I'd love for you to do. Do you see the private chat button, Vanessa, on the side of the screen?
1: Uh let's see. I yes.
0: Okay. There was a book we talked about at the very beginning of the show. Would you <laughs> type the title of that book in the private chat so I can with the author? Because great question. Achochi is a big avid reader. And so he wanted to know what books you would recommend he add to his library for marketing and business strategy. And I know the book you mentioned at the top of our show would be a good match for Achochi, but I don't want to butcher the author's name
1: no, probably
0: so if you'll throw that in the private chat i think i'll be able to copy and paste it out and uh you can share the name of the book but i'll also put it in the comment section for achochi and anybody else who'd like to go ahead and pick up that book
1: so there are two books and interestingly it has an author on the same book okay. um there's there's philip kotler he is considered the father of marketing and therefore Plenty of his books are very insightful with regards to brand strategy. Then you have Kevin Lane Keller, who is still actually a professor at a university. And he creates a number of books as well, including textbooks, which are very, very informative when it comes to brand strategy as well. I've actually noticed a number of authors actually pull from his work in the textbooks and pull them into books, like smaller books. And so, like, if you want to go through, like, who to follow and who to um, pull information from, those are great. I have a book back here, Branding in Five and a Half Steps is also a great book to read. Branding
0: um, in Five <laughs> and a Half Steps.
1: Yes. And that shows, that uh, explains the um, the gap between and how to bridge the gap between brand strategy and design. And so, and how do you go through that process? But there mm-hmm. are a lot of books out here. There's what um, well, one, I can't say the title of it has a curse word in it, but- <laughs> <laughs> No, this
0: is great. You know what I'm going to do for Achochi and others who are watching? I'm going to compile a list of the four to five books that Vanessa's interested in sharing with the audience. And on my LinkedIn page, I will put them in the comment section underneath my post about today's show because I just posted it in the comment section, but it may only be going to Facebook and YouTube, not necessarily on LinkedIn. So if you're watching and everyone's watching from LinkedIn Live. So I will do that after our show, Achochi. So make sure you check out my LinkedIn page. And now, Vanessa, I want to share with everybody how they can connect with you after today's show, because I think you've added so much insights and so much insights, so many insights and so much valuable information about branding strategy. How can our viewers connect with you after today's show?
1: You can find me on LinkedIn. And that is LinkedIn, Vanessa Matthew, at the end. I also have website, Vanessa C, um, Well, it's vcmstrategies.com. It actually stands for my initials. <laughs> so that should be easy to remember. And yeah, definitely connect with me. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you if you're interested more in brand strategy and just want some clarity, especially for anyone who's asked any questions and wants more information.
0: Awesome. Yes. Vanessa, you were so much fun to have on today's show. You're just glowing over there in New York City. So keep up the amazing brand work. Continue to make, you know, so much headway in, in terms of working with so many wonderful companies and helping them really stand out when it comes to their brand. I learned so much today about branding. It kind of makes me freak out. I feel like <laughs> companies know my psyche and they know how to get me to buy. And this is actually, it was very enlightening. Yeah. Um It is time for our Engage Digital News of the Week. And actually, I'll keep you on board while I share this. I won't make you go anywhere. I won't say goodbye to you yet. I'll let you stick with me while I share a really unique article because you may want information about this article as well, something you might like to read. Mm -hmm. So for this week's Engage Digital News of the Week, We're talking about a recent article by digital marketing guru, Neil Patel. I don't know, Vanessa, if you've heard about him, but- Very familiar. The article is called 42 Digital Marketing Trends You Can't Ignore in 2021. I popped the link up on the screen for our viewers at home. You can screenshot that and check it out after the show. But if you're not familiar with Neil, he is a digital marketer and SEO guru recognized by Forbes as one of the top 10. And digital marketing experts to follow. And I think this is a great news of the week because Achochi was asking about books to read. Achochi, this would be a great article for you to read. It touches on so many things from artificial intelligence to many of the tools that are offered at Engage.com like chatbots and conversational marketing tools Um, so many things like an inbox and the ability to communicate with your customers and be where they are on their mobile devices. And again, how to use artificial intelligence in the research phase and also in the communication phase with your customers. So if you don't know about that article, check it out. The link is there for you. And on top of that, he is a three times New York Times best selling author and he has one of the most popular digital marketing podcasts in the podcast universe. So Achochi and Clyde, if you don't know who Neil Patel is, definitely give him a search with which with whatever search engine you decide to use and check out that article as well. Well Vanessa, I want to thank you again so much for joining us. You shared so much about brand strategy today. Mm-hmm. If our viewers want more, please connect with Vanessa on LinkedIn. And, um, I think that's about it. I'm going to say goodbye to you, Vanessa, and then I'll give a farewell to our audience. So thank you
1: so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You were wonderful. You
0: were wonderful. So thank you so much. I had so much fun. I did too. Vanessa was such a wonderful guest. Wouldn't you all agree? If you missed today's show or you tuned in about halfway through, don't fret. We have our replay on the Engage LinkedIn page. We will repost the show for you so that you can catch that on the replay on the replay. I feel like that should be a song. And you can also find us on Facebook as well as YouTube as well to catch this show. Please connect with Vanessa. She's been so gracious to share her time and insights with us today. So connect with her on LinkedIn. Let her know that you watched her show, the Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence Ask the Expert show, so she knows where the connection came from. And if you have any guest suggestions, maybe you know somebody who knows a lot about brand strategy, who you also think would be a great guest on our show, or somebody who is very well-versed in the world of digital marketing, or you have a topic suggestion for our show, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, and you can send me a message that way, or you can send me an email at marissa.m at engage, that's N-G-A-G-G-E dot com. Okay, I've got a couple comments. I want to get to those before we go. Clyde says, great show, ladies. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, Marissa. Clyde, you're so welcome. And Vanessa's in the back studio waving thank you as well. And Marcelo says, very good. Thank you, girls, for this enlightening conversation. Marcelo, you're so welcome. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It really makes our conversation literally fly by with all these great comments and questions. Tune in for our next show. It will be next. We're going to take a little vacation for Memorial Day weekend here in the United States. So our next show will be next Thursday, June 3rd, I believe at 2 p.m. Eastern with our guest, Tracy Enos. And we'll be talking more about LinkedIn tips and tricks to really help your profile stand out in this digital marketing era. That is all for today. Be sure to follow Engage on LinkedIn. Give us a follow so you can know when our upcoming shows are and join us for the conversation. Give us a follow on Facebook. And I truly hope you all have the best day. Have a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you again soon. Cheers, everybody.